Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Welcome to In Awe by Bruce, and today we have T.C. Stallings. He's a former professional athlete, a lot of focus on football, where he played for the University of Louisville, then Arena, Europe, and the Canadian Leagues. But he's now transitioned over into film and television and commercials, where he is finding great success, just like he did in football. From his number one hit that he was in, the number one box office hit, War Room, where he had a breakout performance as Tony Jordan, to the movie we'll be discussing today, My Brother's Keeper, where he plays war veteran SFC Travis Fox, who suffers from PTSD. He's been nominated and awarded for Best Actor along the way, completed commercials, written and directed, and produced his own documentary, 24 Counter, it's called The Story Behind the Run, and also written a 21-week devotional for building true Christian athletes. TC, welcome to In Awe by Bruce. Hey, thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, glad to have you. And um, I think we were talking before we got on. When I saw that TC was from Cleveland, I, I, of course, had to ask if he was a Cleveland Browns fan, which he was, and then we rehashed all the things that we've lived through. So yeah, man, <laughs> you won't have to <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> it's been a haul. It's been a haul. So TC, what I, I'm curious about, I know when you were in school, you said somewhere along your sophomore year was kind of a transition for you between, yeah, I grew up as a Christian, but then I became really a Christian a walker of faith and somebody who walked with the Lord and, and became an ambassador for him. Can you express more about what changed in your life? Um, I think what, well, I know what changed for me was, it's, it's really simple. It was just, um, I was enlightened um, in terms of what it truly means to be a Christ follower and not just somebody who talks about it, but, you know, actually lives it. And the only thing is, you know, I, I grew up in a in a in a home where my mother took me to church. Not everybody in my house was spiritual, um, you know, had a relationship with Christ. But my mother, you know, made sure I went to church every day, even if it was just a habit. Um, of all the the habits you can have, that was a good one to make sure that I got up and yeah. went to church. And so I learned to, to you know have a have a fear of God and read the Bible and occasionally and 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 just do all the habitual type things. Pray before you eat and you know just. All the things that I suppose you think make you a Christian, but what truly makes you a Christian, because that means Christ follower. And that mm -hmm. means you look in scripture and see what he says you're supposed to do. And then you give everything you have in getting that done. And um, and when you screw that up, you're supposed to repent and turn away from that and keep it moving. But there is a intentional, an intentional uh, drive to follow Christ wholeheartedly, closely, reading the Bible, doing what it says. And I just wasn't, I didn't know that part. It wasn't. The Holy Spirit being the thing that empowers you to get these things done. Like I didn't, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about the Holy Spirit in my house and stuff like that. So I just wasn't prepared to fully understand it. And when I got to college, you know, I was at a Bible study and I ended up fully understanding it. And it just completely changed everything because <laughs> I was aware of Jesus' standard. I was aware of God's standard. I was aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in terms of what you're supposed to do just by you know, it's just like if you just get any, if something's not working in your house and you get the the manual out. Because <laughs> you know how you know we we as guys we 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 put stuff together and we don't even look at the manual but it looks right and so yeah. but stuff ain't clicking and then you grab the manual and you see all the things you're supposed to do and you're just like oh wow 
and then you go and do that and and then you know things start to work the way they're supposed to work so that's the that's kind of the, the the layman version of how I got it right. I just really started to see what what you really are supposed to be doing, what it really means, and that changed everything for me. Wow! And what keeps you motivated and driven today along those lines? Ah, uh, man, it's a couple of things. Number one is the holy fear of God. I developed that, and I love the scripture says that the you know um, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I believe that's Proverbs uh, nine ten, and mm. that is so true when you understand who he is. And that's why I like, you know, when I read the Bible and I've read the whole thing every year we do it and I've done it for four years straight that we read all the way through the Bible. Cause I want to know, you know, um, the old Testament, God, just everything, God, Jesus, the Holy spirit, everything. I want a balanced view of who God is. And you get that by reading the whole Bible. And when you see that, yeah, there, there are his blessings, but there's also his wrath. Yeah. There's his love, but there's also his punishment. And so getting mm -hmm. both sides of that, I've learned that, you know, God is, he's amazing. I, I fear him above all things. And it's a holy fear, not fear he's going to kill me, but fear that he is God and he controls my life. So it starts with that. And so whenever I think about, you know, taking his glory, like giving myself pats on the back all the time about what happens in my life or sinning and indulging in sin, I think of a holy God having his eyes on me. And that's a huge deterrent for me. Uh, the second thing is scriptures like, you know, Matthew 7, 21, where it says mm -hmm. a lot of people think that they are going to, you know, meet Christ. He's going to walk them right in, but he's going to say away from me. I never knew you. And it's because of the way you lived your life. And it, whether you're a fake Christian or a compromising Christian and all those types of things aren't going to work. And so I don't, I want to be on the right side of scripture. Yeah. Like that. When, when he, when he sees me, I want him to say, well done because uh, I live an authentic Christian life. So those are the things that motivate me every day, ending with another of the big three. I like to, I guess I like to call them is, my God-given purpose, from what I read in Scripture, Psalms 139.16, where it says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of yeah. my life was, was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Yeah, he, he pretty much wrote the script for my life and how he wanted me to live it. And I just think living life apart from that script is just a recipe for trouble, like an athlete who goes on the field and runs his own plays. It's a recipe mm. for trouble in that game. So that's like a bundle of, of the things that motivate me every day to keep it moving in the direction that I that I know God has called me to keep it moving in. Let me ask you then, is that changed in your life? How did you see that affect what you wanted to do? And then how did it affect those around you? From a relationship standpoint, you know, I mean, you, it's kind of a balance. I mean, you, you gain some new um, friends and associates uh, because, you know, you're open up to true Christ followers, which that's what I really want in my inner circle, people that's going to hold me accountable, people I can hold accountable, we can grow together and walk together, and they mm -hmm. can help you fulfill your God-given purpose. But at the same time, those people who are used to the old TC, the one that maybe were compromised, the one that didn't read his Bible a whole lot, the one that didn't have a whole lot of accountability, uh, the one that was basically, in a lot of cases, if you want to sin, I was easy to be around. Uh -huh. Um, but when, now that I've changed, you know, that kind of changed the people you hang out with. Cause you know, you kind of, in, in some cases you're the, you're the joy kill, you know, you're not, you're not, I'm right. not, I'm not the profanity guy no more. I'm not the, I'm not the guy that just want to watch dirty movies and just do, that's just not me. So your friends change, but in terms of what you do in life, your goals and, de and desires and dreams and all of those things, you turn those over to the Lord, you trade them in, you trade in mm -hmm. your will for God's will. And sometimes it can completely change the course that you're on. Because for me, I was a guy pursuing the NFL. And when um when I really learned to, to walk with the Lord and, and, I, and I just said, Lord, do whatever you want me to do. I wake up one day and I'm 
I'm acting in movies and that was not my goal. So sometimes yeah. he can shift your passion and your course of life and everything when you when you go that route. So when how did you know that that shift had happened? It was 2012. Well, if I back up a little bit, I had I had done uh, my first film and this was courageous. It was the first role that I had had. The way that I got that role, I just remember praying about it. And this mm -hmm. is when I was right in the middle of being a professional athlete. I was in my sixth season. Uh, I wanted to go into a seventh. I, I was going to play until I can't play no more like everybody else does for the most part. Right. And But then I went to go see this movie, um, Fireproof. And yeah. I just saw the spiritual impact of that film. And, and I started feeling like I wanted to do it. you know. And, and up until that point, acting had just been the thing I played around with. But now I'm like, Lord, my heart is kind of beating for this. I think I, I know what I want to do uh, either now or when I'm done playing. But if Lord, if, if you're calling me to this, just open a door for me and I'm going to walk right through it. I just want to mm -hmm. make sure it's you and just not me being a prisoner at the moment. And sure enough, I end up with an audition with the Kendrick Brothers. And just um, like a year later, I was cast in Courageous. And so I took that and as, as a sign from the Lord that, you know, this is where he wants me. But then I got a call from Hollywood to come out there and start acting out there. And that's when huh. I went through about a 90-day prayer process about whether I should do this or not. And I told the Lord to shut it down. Well, I asked him. I don't tell him anything. I asked him to shut it down if he didn't want me if to go to Hollywood because that, that's a huge transition. Yeah. And all kinds of doors started to open out there where people were willing to help me to succeed. And so that's really the moment when I knew and I gave up everything that I had. I sold my personal training business in Louisville, Kentucky, and I hauled out to Hollywood. And that was 2012. And three years later, I woke up in the number one movie in America, man. And so um, that's, that's how God can do it. That is the amazing thing. God put that on your heart, I think, to go see the movie. Guide you in this path. TC, what did you do to prepare for acting? I mean, what a switch from professional sports acting and I'm going to throw in a little side here for the people listening because when you see the movie we're going to talk about here in a minute my brother's keeper as well as other ones that TC's been in in my brother's keeper what he acts out for the PTSD and other parts are just I think amazing so anyway back to this you know how did you prepare yourself for that I've never had any formal acting training at all when I went to college I um I majored in uh, sociology and yeah. You know, you get to take take some, you know, some fun electives and uh, and you can even choose a minor if you want to. And for me, I would I just enjoyed going to theater classes like uh -huh. where we, we talk about the where you know, the the art itself. But as far as training, I never had it. So I took some theater art classes for fun in college. And I did a few college plays just for fun, because, like I said, yeah. it was just something I like to do, like like any other hobby. Uh, but never had any acting um, training, any ex other major schools that you go to or none of that. It was just when I thought I wanted to do it, I'm like, I'm either going to succeed or I'm not. And I'm just going to go with, you know, my instincts and, and go from there. And just when my first role, I played a, a really, really, really um, dangerous gangster, like a, a thug, you know, a gang yeah. member. And for me, you know, I just drew for, I grew up around that for eight. I knew, that character TJ in Courageous was a, probably a guy I grew up around uh, <laughs> for 18 years in Cleveland. So yeah, I knew the mannerisms. I knew that. I had real life experience with that. And so I just, I just channeled that. And then when, as you go on, most of my training, now that I've done about 21 films, it's my my training and growth as an actor has just come from experience. And, and you know, a lot of times in life, there are some things you can do where you kind of learn on the fly. And mm -hmm. 
once after I've I've done this for about five, six years, I was I'm basically a self-taught actor. And, and then you start meeting other great actors and you can kind of pick up on things as you go along. And yeah, you know, then maybe you start taking a class or two along the way. But preparation for me in the beginning was just doing the best thing that I thought people wanted to see. And for a lot of films, it worked out. And uh, so now I'm combining that with some knowledge I've gained over the years. And I think it's made me more of a complete actor. Before we get into the movie, I just I had to ask you, you know, we we mentioned that you also have a, a book, a devotional. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and and what the purpose there is. Yeah, well, I will, I wrote two books um, in 2015, coming off of uh, what happened with me with War Room, and and like I said, you know, I knew that that was a story I needed to tell about mm-hmm. purpose in life, and like I said, I mentioned the scripture Psalms 139:16. I wrote a book called The Pursuit, 14 Ways in 14 Days to Passionately Seek God's Purpose for Your Life. That was the first book that I wrote, and it was just, it took 14 of the most influential scriptures that I had experienced from 2012 to 2015, and I made a Bible study out of that. And this is all scriptures that deal with purpose. And I don't, and I'm the type of person when I write, I don't add anything to it. I don't twist it. I tell, I, I love that I lived it out. So it just basically showed how these scriptures operated in my life. It's not a get rich book. It's not nothing like that. It's literally yeah. here's the scripture and here's the proof of how it came to life in my life. Like how I can't, you know, how I just lived that thing out. And I love that I had the real life experience to be able to add to that. So I told my story of going from Louisville to Hollywood and then the 14 scriptures that showed up throughout that process. So coming off of that in 2016, I wrote Plan on God's Team. And that is a book that illuminates the testimony that I told you just a little while ago about what happened to me in college, you know, at hmm. that Bible study, it gives all the ins and outs of, of what I learned and how I was walking wrong. And then I learned to walk right in those 21 chapters. I call it, it's like a, a book that personal trains you. It goes along those same lines as an athlete and you don't have to be an athlete to get this book. You, if you understand anything about athletics, you know, if you're yeah. a fan of sports, you'll get this book. Just all the, like, for example, the playbook on a football team helps us to play in the game. Well, the right. Bible is our playbook for life and the mm-hmm. game is life and God is the coach. And so can you imagine trying to live life, quote unquote, the game without ever talking to the coach, which is prayer and uh-huh. never reading the playbook, which is the Bible, then wondering uh-huh. why you don't do well in the game of life. So I kind of use metaphors like that to break it down throughout the 21 weeks. And then I made a documentary that really shows you the picture of everything uh, called 24 Counter. So Mm -hmm. um, that's a whole little package of um, basically my testimony, which I wanted to be able to share around the world. And I'm glad that between that film, um, which is myself, first self-produced film all by me, all by myself, to have that to go along with the book is a nice bundle to to just share my testimony with the world. That's great. God. And and to be able to have it to expose around the world is fabulous. And your name probably, you know, between being in Canada and Europe, that's got to be a big plus, too, I would think. Yeah, yeah, built some relationships, you know, across the country and in, in Australia as well, where I shot, because um, uh, oh, my first time being on TV was with Animal Planet, actually, and yeah. uh, got a chance to go to Australia, and, and uh, you know, I got friends in Dominican Republic, you know, so just God is, he's, he's opened doors all across the world just to, you know, meet certain people and um, and build certain fan bases, like, I didn't even know my largest fan base. You know, I'm I'm not a guy that really enjoys social media too much. Yeah. I, well, that's a whole other conversation. But I, I I just realized it's the world we're living in. So sometimes I try to dabble in it. And I go and I look in my analytics, and I see that my second largest fan base is Africa. And, really? 
Yeah, and I've never been to Africa yet. Oh. You know, and so it's just so I've been to to the Dominican Republic. I've been all over Europe. I've been, yeah. you know, all you know, Italy and in you know Austria and all these places playing football and all over the United States playing football and just all these different places. But the places that I haven't been, like Africa, Scandinavia, you know, mm-hmm. some other places, and you're seeing that there's a fan base. <laughs> and that's the power of film and, and television, which why I love it so much, because uh, God can use that to reach people in some far places, whether you've been there or not. So, you know, he's not limited by me in terms of his reach. So, yeah, it's definitely been an advantage to to get around the world like that. That's great. Well, it's like Ty Mann said yesterday, you know, I think his company, I, one of their lines is no walls, no borders. And yeah, and that, that's yep. what you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and and it makes me it makes me happy because it just shows that there's like I said, there's no limit to, to who God can use me to reach. And um, and it just excites me. I'm just I got this thing that I always say, I, I don't care how God does it as long as he's the orchestrator of it. I don't care where I'm going as long as God is the one leading because he just he just he's amazing. He knows the plan and I just want to be right behind him. Yeah. The other thing I just wanted to mention real quick for anybody who wasn't aware on Animal Planet TC was uh, season two, I believe it was, King of the Jungle. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. King of the Jungle, Animal Planet. Yep. I can't believe <laughs> so, how fast you could put that ring on the thing. On that. Oh man, dude, that was <laughs> some of that was nervousness, man. You, 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 it's either win or go home, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, you know, I kept looking. <laughs> the one woman, just her face was so disappointed. You had it on there so quick and with the answer and everything. You oh man, she was like, darn. <laughs> Um, so, so let's let's move into my my brother's keeper. So tell us about the story. What you think would be fitting for people to hear a general overview of the story, and then we'll talk a little bit about what went on in the movie. Yeah, man. I, I, first of all, it's an honor um, to have a role written for you, and um, and we can talk a little bit about that later. But uh, Time Man's writing that role for me um, was just incredible, man. I'm, I'm gonna be forever grateful for that because he platformed me in an amazing way. Uh, yeah, my, my brother's keeper, you know, I play Sergeant First Class Travis Fox. Um, I'm a veteran, um, decorated war hero. And um, but I have I have a complex life in terms of the things that I deal with. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with PTSD. Uh, I'm dealing with trust issues. I'm dealing with uh, faith. I'm dealing with forgiveness. And, uh, you know, I got a best friend that is constantly trying to show me that the Lord is the way to deal with all of these things. I don't trust him about that because I've seen a lot of people in my family um, who are, you know, religious and things don't work out that well for them, you uh-huh. know? And so um, that's the thing that kind of hangs over. I, I hang that over anybody's head, you know, who comes at me about that. And you, you'll see that thing throughout. So I'm very calloused to that. And I get really rigid when people talk about it. Uh, but when, you know, things start happening around me that allow me not to hide anymore because Travis is the type of guy that just kind of goes internal. He only trusts himself and he can just ball up like a turtle going into a shell. But what happens when you go in that shell and it's there's stuff in there that's that you can't run from. You know, it's like some yeah. like the problems went in the shell with you. And that's what happens with Travis and it opens up the whole movie and he literally has to deal with all of these issues that I spoke of earlier. And he has people in his life that's trying to help him, but he ha- he deals with each of those people in a very interesting way. And you kind of see it all play out in the film, how he handles the PTSD, how he handles um, 
relationship issues, trust issues, forgiveness issues. And all of this explodes to where you can see the story start to kind of just run downhill when he um, he loses his friend in the and you see that right away. It's not a secret. You can see that um, in the in the uh, trailer that he loses his best friend when he goes mm-hmm. home to bury him, though. That's when the film just really just jumps on a roller coaster and takes off and you start to see how everything unfolds. So I'm I'm really excited for people to see it because um, the roller coaster ride that my character aims to take the audience on, it's going to be exciting to see if I'm able to actually pull that off. Yeah, I thought you did a great job. But let's go back to something you said just a minute ago, because Ty said yesterday that, that uh, he told you, he asked you if uh, he wrote this thing up, if you'd star in it. And he, he said you were kind of like, yeah, that'd be great. And he said, though, he presented to you just a couple weeks later, and you said, I didn't believe you were going to write that story. Yeah, it's just, it, it wasn't that I didn't necessarily believe him. It's just that I wasn't holding my breath. Just yeah. because you, in this industry you you get that you get that a lot you know you get you get a lot of people i don't know why people do it i guess it's just this thing to you're on set and you just start talking about you know what you're going to do and i've learned to not let that get me extremely excited right off the bat i'm just like okay lord if it's real it'll come um Mm -hmm. and so we, we had this conversation and we had just met. I didn't know how much he knew about me. And so for him to walk up to me and we have a conversation and it's like, you know, I wrote a role with you in mind. I want you to play the lead character. And, and, and he told me everything about it. And I had cautious optimism. I'm just like, you know, I've done that before where you run home and you, you go tell your wife, like, guess what? You know, yeah. I'm going to be in, and then you never hear from him, you know? So I just, uh, I held on to it and I, I just like, you know, we'll, we'll see. And sure enough, you know, a couple weeks, a couple weeks later, he's like, read the script and tell me what you think. And uh, not only was I happy that he actually, you know, made good on that, but for it to be a very, very, very good story, high quality film yes. with a with a crushing message and a challenging character, the most challenging character I've I would have ever had in any film I've done. Oh, I was grateful. I won't give anything away, but when you dropped on your knees at the church, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And 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 your portrayal of the PTSD fantastic and what killed me was that ty said to me yesterday he said that that you were doing such a great job and the whole cast was doing such a great job he said that he was like the acting was so good but i didn't write it that good (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the ultimate compliment for an actor yeah like i said you know whenever whenever i'm um, performing that's what i always look for you know when i see um, the director and the and the writers. Uh, when director says cut, and I look over and you see the the writers and directors like, oh man, that's what I that that's what I was hoping for. That's that 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 was even that was even better than I wrote it. Or that then that's you know affirmation and confirmation that you you successfully brought that character to life. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about most actors, but I, I I know for me that that's the thing you you do it for for that. And then later for you hope the fans that see it have that same reaction mm. and it, it won't be quite like like the directors and writers because the directors and writers watch you bring something to life but so i guess yeah. i should say you want the fans to just to further authenticate that for you like wow I, I really thought he was a soldier with ptsd or wow i really that really moved me or they're crying and all of those things make an actor feel tr- just just really really happy well you know i, I told ty that i did my my dad had that and from world war ii and so you know, my question for him and that I told him I was going to ask you is, you know, this is loosely based on his dad who went through this, but 
How did you prepare to bring that home so powerfully? Oh man, uh, it was a it was a process for me because obviously I had no you know military experience at all. I had no PTSD experience at all, mm-hmm. and none of my closest friends had those things. Where you know, so like for me, it was a matter of like, okay, this is gonna go beyond your your natural talent, you know. So you start doing your research and. YouTube is a beautiful thing, man. It's just, you can find so many of these interviews and hear real life soldiers talk about real life PTSD experiences and, and not, a, not a, a production or anything like that, like real stuff. You can look at medical cases, medical studies and listen to these soldiers talk about it. And then not just soldiers, by the way, since PTSD is a, is a disease, it's not a military disease. It's, it's yeah. a disease, period. So you can look at all areas and see how it affects all people. So I did that. So after looking at so many interviews, I started to now hone in on the soldiers and, and look at their actual authentic uh, messages about it and, and their own stories. And when they start talking about, you know, the nightmares and um, the, the, mm-hmm. the way their brain works and the flashbacks and the stress and just all these different things, First of all, it, it just makes you shake your head and you, you know, you're heartbroken for them because they talk about how uncontrollable it can be. And then you get into the the lack of help and resources that they feel like they sometimes don't have. And so you listen to all of this so much to where you feel like, okay, I understand it. Like now I can talk about it. If you ask me, I can tell you about it. Yeah. And so you do that and then you talk to, you know, people like Ty and other people who have been in the military. So they can just give you tips on how you should look and stand and act and and move and salute and just all those types of things. So you you get that from the experience you don't have. And then it's just going back to what I've always done, which is just being true to myself and who I think Travis is. And I just turned myself into TC Stallings as a guy who just changed his name to Travis Fox. And now I have PTSD and I've, and I've got some army experience now run with the role. And uh, then that's what you do. Mm. The thing that would be even more scarier for me on top of that, TC, is the fact that you're surrounded by Gregory Allen Williams, <laughs> Keisha right. Knight Pulliam. <laughs> right. Uh, I think for me that would be intimidating, and yet didn't sense any of that. You rolled right along and, and truly were the focus and just did your job wonderfully. So what was that like working with all those people that have been in this business a long time, just wonderful people and... Oh man, for me, that, wow. Okay. So I always, whenever, whenever I sit back and really think about, um, just, just, just not only that experience, cause that, that, that knocked out a lot of actors that I had grown up, you know, watching um, all at once, but I always say that over my career, one of the coolest things over the last, uh, 10, 12 years or so that I've been doing this is, being able to eventually share the stage with people that when I was watching them on TV, mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about being an actor, never thought about sharing the stage or screen with them, um, never thought about being in the trailer, having a conversation with them or anything like that. I'm just enjoying their work, whether, you know, it was a Cosby show or Blossom or Coach or, <laughs> you know, I can just go on and on and on um, about one on one, you know, all the different shows that I watch coming up. And then you you wake up one day and you're in a film with all of them. And I'm just like, for me, had that been my first role 20 films ago, I don't know. I might not have been able to handle it myself. I'd have just been fanning over everything. But at least by this time, I was, I'm, I'm, I was, I, I saw those meetings as now like I've had enough films to know I belong. 
mm-hmm. but I'm still a fan and I'm honored. But most importantly for me, I knew my movie was going to be great. Yeah, I knew our movie was going to be great because you don't surround me with talent like that. And then all I had to do was match their levels, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, man, this reminds me of an awesome Thanksgiving plate. Yeah, everybody wants the turkey. That's like the main course. And blessing to me, my role is the lead character. So I can humbly say that I was made to be the main course. But if you don't have the mashed potatoes and the macaroni and cheese and the dressing and all the other things that make the plate great, that's a pretty bland Thanksgiving plate. And I I had all those things, you know. You did. So I'm not calling them side actors or nothing like that. I'm saying that they were it was just a great plate of of great fixings that is really hard to to if you mess that up, there's is something wrong. You know? Yeah. So but at the same time, this is what I love about it. It didn't alleviate me of pressure because you ever go to a Thanksgiving, you know, meal and you do get the macaroni and cheese, you do get the the dressing, you got the greens, you got all that stuff, and you're excited because all these, you know, favorites are there. But what that turkey looking like? Yeah. Yeah. And if that turkey's bad, it, <laughs> even though you, it's like you, the turkey just ruined the Thanksgiving, man. So <laughs> I didn't want to be that dude. So I felt pressure pressure from both sides, and I uh, but I like that. That I enjoy that. That's not a problem for me. Well, don't don't you think? I mean, this is just growing up doing athletics and. And whatnot, and you at the high level, professional level, don't you think that kind of builds in you? You hit the point where the pressure makes you even that much better. It does. It does. I mean, if you're the type of performer, athlete, or person that enjoys having those challenges, it just elevates you because sometimes you can not have that and you play down uh, to your competition's level or the actors around you, um, if they're not professional or not seasoned or whatever, and, and then you go down. But for certain, when you are in a production and you got to trade lines with someone, and in a lot of cases, they only do as good as you do. Because, mm-hmm. yes, they have to deliver a line, but they're going to feed off what you say. And, and it's a, this is a give and take. And if you're not giving them anything, they can't give you anything back. And, and, and then if they do give back a good performance, it doesn't match because yeah. mine was so bad and vice versa. So yeah, when you got people around you that know how to bring it, if you can bring it back, it's just, that just makes it, that makes it great. And so it, it definitely raises your level and you just got to control your drive to want to do so well that you don't actually end up screwing it up, you know? So, um, right. but no, we had great balance, man. And the conversations were great talking about a lot of different things and sitting down with all of the, the cast members and, you know, letting them know that I, I've watched them in, in my, and, you know, over my lifetime. And it was cool that we could all come together. And we still, you know, most of us still talk now, really all of them, I've, the whole cast. Yeah. The whole cast, <laughs> oh. I'm still able to chat with oh. uh, even now. So that's actually, actually really cool. That is great. Is there anything that you learned from the show, particularly the PTSD helpful for the church? I think for me, and I've, I've got this question a lot, you know, I say that, I don't think that that, that is necessary um, unless in your area, if you know in the, in the area where your church is that yeah. PTSD happens to be a big thing in that area. Um, mm-hmm. Like in some areas, you know, it's opioids. In some area, it's homelessness. In some area, I think you should develop a ministry that literally has that name on it that mm-hmm. targets that just so your community knows that you are there for them and you are aware and you're you want to help. But as far as every single church needing to have a PTSD program or something like that. 
I don't think that's necessary simply because here's what should happen. The church yeah. should be ready to handle any struggle that a person has if you believe, which I do, that the Bible has an answer for everything that we go through. So I think what I will say is that a person with PTSD should be able to walk in any church and be able to be loved, serviced, and helped and have their problem addressed. There shouldn't be a church that says, oh, someone with PTSD came in and we couldn't help them. Right. That's a problem because there isn't no illness or sickness or anything that where God is limited. So, but I would say this, if a church hasn't even thought about PTSD or being prepared, uh-huh. I think they're missing out an opportunity to be ready for something that is is so prevalent right now. Let me put it to you this way. If it's not in your yeah. community directly, uh-huh. it's probably going to come because it's widespread enough. Yeah. So I think this should raise awareness to the point to where you should be telling yourself, wow, we don't normally get stuff like that, but it's so widespread. We better be ready. And if someone walks through these church doors the way that Travis Fox in this movie walked through, uh-huh. we better be just as ready as that pastor was in that movie in real life. We better be ready to handle it in the same way because that pastor didn't have any PTSD training. In fact, right. in the movie, he says, hey, I don't know what you're going through. But mm-hmm. he had love, he had time, and he was prepared and said yeah. he'll help Travis in any way. Every church should be ready to do that. Lastly, what else you have going on that we could be looking forward to that's coming up for you that people can keep their eyes out for? Um, well, man, I'm, I'm really excited for um, you know what's coming up you know, in, in 2021. And I will say this too. I know a lot of people, a lot of people are are, are like, you know, I can't wait to get out of 2020 and, and uh, let's get this year over with and so on and so forth. And first of all, be, be concerned about getting with, the, with tomorrow, you know what I mean? Uh, the next day. And don't think that 2021 is just when new year strikes that everything we're going through is going to magically go away, man. It's just another day and another turn of, of, of a new year. So I have to preface this by saying, like, you know, I'm looking forward to next year simply because that's when all my things are slated to to come out. But mm-hmm. by no means is the fact that we flipped the calendar some kind of heel off for what's going on, man, because right. like it, it all comes down to what God is doing and, and, and just what's going on, you know, in the world. But that being said, a lot of uh, new things are happening for me in 2021. Um, you can look out for I'm actually writing uh, my third book. It is uh, called Eyes Fixed, and um, it's literally just my life story. This is not a Bible study. This is not. This is literally me. I'm just going to tell you my life story. So I'm excited. That'll be June 9th, which happens to be my 21-year wedding anniversary. Uh, so that's oh. June 9th. Obviously, Congrats. my brother's keeper is scheduled now. I believe it'll be March. I think it's the second or third week in March that that's coming out. So I'm excited about that. Part of the reason that I'm in Dallas is because I'm going to be working with PAX TV which is a brand new streaming network and television yeah. network. And um, I'm an executive producer there now. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. So it'll be able to give other actors like myself opportunities who want to do clean family entertainment. That's what we focus on. So I'm yeah. really excited about that. And um, I can't talk about it just yet, but you will see me on a new television show. Ooh. And uh, yeah, and that you'll probably catch a surprise trailer for that sometime this year um, okay. before before we go into new year and you'll be able to i'll be able to then talk about that more okay um, so yeah so you know quite a quite a bit of, of things going on and of course i continue my work with ClearPlay. if you're not familiar with ClearPlay, just go to clearplay.com and um, it's a, a service that helps filter out the 
questionable uh, content in film and television. And so oh, we yeah. filter content on Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, and uh, HBO Max. So like you literally can hit a button and take out uh, any bad words to make film and TV more family friendly. So oh, um, wow. I work with, uh, I'm the brand ambassador for ClearPlay, completely believe in what they're doing. So that's like the quick version um, of all of that. Man, we could be here all day. Actually, I'm my podcast, like, you know, um, podcast. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, it'll be called TCS Live. And <laughs> um, you can do that on the Edify app. And that'll be, uh, all of this is 2020. And the pandemic has really made it to where you had to push everything out. So that's why it's all coming out at once. But for those who want it, you're getting a lot of TC. And hopefully uh, you enjoy everything that's coming. Good deal. Well, thank you so much for taking your time and, and joining us today. And Really appreciate everything you're doing, and and this gives us some things for people listening to pray for for TC, and just thank God for all that uh, He's done, and and you giving us some enlightenment about what your spiritual life has been like, and how we can apply that to ourselves. Because I know for me, that what you said early on, taking on God's word, going to prayer, and communicating, and allowing those to run our lives and that to be our book of life is really the source of everything that we need to be doing each day. And so thank you for that. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I don't, I'm glad the Lord has brought me to that place where I don't even know any other way to live life. I just, uh, I just don't, I don't see the point. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't see the point. Like I said, it'd be like going on a, on some, some team and you just running another team's plays, listening to some other coaches, like <laughs> how is that possibly going to work? I just don't see how it works playing on God's team either. So I'm I'm grateful that the Lord has just shifted my mind because I don't I don't think we do that on our own. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And yeah. And um anything I do or say that inspires people to go to scripture, that's what life is about. And I'm not the clever one. I just I just read the Bible and, and share it. And so I'm gonna keep doing that. And anybody that impacts that, that just inspires me to keep doing it. So I appreciate your words. Sure. Praise God for that. And thank you again. God bless you. Thank you. You too, brother. All right, bye bye.